Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and on this podcast, I talk to the authors about themselves, their books, and their ideas, but I also like to talk to them about about beginnings. Joining me today is John Wheeler, and he's here to talk about his book, Prayer is a Journey. Now, John is an author, a lawyer, a marriage counselor, and a modern mystic. He's made a lifetime of studying God through intense prayer and purgation. He's also studied the writings of the Spanish mystics, and he's a fascinating individual, and I can't wait for you to hear him and to talk about this wonderful book. John, thank you so much for joining me on Books on Air. It's a pleasure to have you as my guest. Welcome. Um, pleasure's all mine, Susan. You know, I'm, I said I like to talk about beginnings, and I'm always curious. Your background is amazing. You have done so many things, and you have... I mean, I was just astonished when you and I started talking before we started recording at all the different things that you've done. And I'm curious about writing. Authors decide to write books for a lot of different reasons. Some of them because as a child they began to read and they decided, you know, I think I'd like to do this for a living. Others, there was a something that they wrote in college or something that they wrote that a teacher read, and they were encouraged, and so they became a writer. Sometimes there's a seminal event that occurs for a person, whether it's positive or negative, and that seminal event causes them to decide that they need to share whatever that is with the world. How did you start writing in the first place, and why? I was told by God. Uh, all that knowledge that I've put in the book I acquired over years and I thought I'd be going to the grave and taking to my grave and uh, I've been writing that over 20 odd years because I start and stop and come back in two years time um, and that's what happened I, I was ordered from above uh, I went to, to a seminar put on by the local council here and they had the top authors in the world also in the district come to speak to authors <laughs> After listening to them, I decided I shouldn't be an author because because lawyers are into flowering language, and they said that's an absolute no-no. So, so anyway, I'm, I'm I'm writing another book on my life experiences, which is which is something else as well. But this is this is my one and only book on religion. I, I have no more to say than, than than the people can understand these things if they want to. I'll tell them about my journey, my journey of prayer, and. Uh, and in the other book, my life story, you can get the experiences that I've had. I've had some experiences with God, you know, helping me in different things. But that's all. I just, I was ordered to do it you know, for myself. I couldn't care less. But, uh, I, really, I really like your writing style. I found it to be approachable. I found it to be conversational, almost as if I were sitting with you, listening to you talk in the room. I thought that I really enjoyed the way that you say things and the, I guess, the logical approach and the personal approach that you take to the book. I want to talk about the book cover. When I first looked at the book cover, I thought, what's this? Tell our listeners what's on the cover of the book. 
what's on the cover is a moon rock. And the significance of that is that that rock was discovered by NASA. It had been on the moon for four and a half billion years, but didn't move. And the significance is, have a look at the rock, think about four and a half billion years, and then think about four and a half billion billion years, and then think about eternity, because that's where you're going to finish. You need to make decisions now, because... Eternity doesn't end. Four and a half billion times four and a half billion is nothing compared to eternity. That's what that's all about. I love right. that. And you mm-hmm. use that in the introduction. That's one of the first things when I opened the book. I saw the picture of the moon rock again, and I thought, okay, he's going to tell me what this is. And when I started to read that, I thought, wow, I love that. Is this right? Yeah, as an mm-hmm. opener. I thought that was just terrific. Mm-hmm. Why do you yeah. say that? Oh. Go ahead. No, I get the help from above. <laughs> well, that was a stroke of genius right there. I loved it. Why do you call prayer a journey? You know, that's a strange thing. You know, when you write a book, you've got to think of a name. I've, I've given that book to a lot of people, and everyone's got a different name. And what happened with me, I made that Casillo which is the renewal thing in the church. And after about two weeks, I started praying. And nothing happened for about two weeks. And then all of a sudden, I took off. And I was like, it was like a magic carpet ride. And it went on for years and years and years. And it was a journey. It was a journey sitting on a magic carpet, and I was being driven along. Um, so that's that's why it's a journey. And just the other day, I was at a meeting with, local archbishop and he was saying that the current pope had said that the church is going through a journey the catholic church is going through a journey and we need to get the lay people to help us on the journey and i thought to myself huh maybe that's why i call the book prayers of journey but that's all i was just it's just a journey that i was on where i started as a tyro and where i finished up you know, as a mystic so and it's all I tell tell the people how to do it. There's no reason why anyone that's listening cannot do it. But uh, you have to pray. You know, if you don't pray, nothing happens. Uh, that's all. That's all. And I've given all the things I did, all the things that I did to pray, uh, the religious things I was in, religious meetings. I was pre- I'm the foundation president of the Big Brothers Big Sisters in Australia, and I ran that for about 15 years. So I've done a lot of other things as well. Anyway, that's all. That's where it come from. It's a journey. It was a. It was like getting on Aladdin's magic carpet. You know, that's all. You know, as I looked through the table of contents, there's a short excerpt on Amazon that people can read. It's the introduction and the explanation of of the book, Prayer is a Journey. But as I looked through the table of contents, I found some of the chapters intriguing, and I was curious about them. And one that jumped out was some myths that I was taught. What did you include Mm -hmm. in that chapter? Well, as I said, when I was 10 years of age, and they were telling me about all the Old Testament parables, I said, these are not correct. And I've included in there all the things, the myths that I've uncovered, uh, such as, as I started, Adam and Eve never existed. Adam is the first man, 
and Eve is the first woman in a person's soul because we are made in the likeness and image of God. We look like God and don't look like a Martian and we're made in his image. In other words, we have his spirit. So uh, that's where we all start and then we all find a way to sin and we lose that. Uh, the Garden of Eden is a little bit more complicated. Uh, that's what I call um, the stage that's a part of your life before you achieve what's called core freedom. And there's an American professor at the university who's written a, a lengthy uh, dissertation on core freedom. And people can look it up, core freedom, but we don't get core freedom until we get to a certain age in life. That's all. And then I had to understand... I was top of the class in physics, so I, I like physics. And when I saw this business about after the, after the flood, God put a, a bow in the sky so that uh, people could see they would never you know, destroy the world again. And I thought to myself, that's nonsense. You know, the rainbow is formed by water being refracted through droplets of light being refracted through droplets of water. So rainbows have been around for years, long before Noah. So, and then I discovered one of God's tricks, or methods, I shouldn't say tricks. He will say things which are patently silly to the average person to get a message across. And, and there's one of them. Any, anyone that understands physics knows that rainbows have been around long before Noah. Secondly, there never was a flood. Uh, the flood refers to the part, the time in your life when your soul is cleansed and then you, you live in the ark or we live in the ark and with all our family and that's how we live a quiet life in the ark. Uh, the, the ark itself is supposed to be 450 feet long of timber. Well, timber loses its strength at 300 feet. So there's been people in America who built an ark, lost them millions of dollars. They went out to sea, got into a storm that fell it fell to bits and they all died so you know they're all they're all just they're allegories you know they're allegories and you have to you have to spend a lot of time praying and you have to have a lot of inspiration a lot of gifts to understand the allegories you know how did the ark get across the ocean they never had any sails Daimler Benz weren't born yet had to get up the Amazon River which is a very strong river 3,000 miles long had to get up 3,000 miles Not, not possible how did Noah understand no two million creatures? And there's some suggestion there's twenty million creatures, but it doesn't matter even two. How would he know two million creatures to get? Yeah, not possible. So it's just not possible. If you use your common sense, you just see it's not possible. So uh, that was all. That's all. I'm just pointing out to people. You know, don't. It turned me off when I first read it when I was 10. It turned me off. This is not right. It's probably turning people off today. That's why I wrote it. I said, they're allegorical, you know. Stories are allegorical. Understand them and then you can get the benefit from them. But that's it. That's it. I thought it was also interesting. It it jumped out at me in the very in the very beginning, in the introduction, when you were talking about that people don't really realize what they're doing, that the news is so filled with, I mean, here in in the U.S., gun violence is unbelievable. Children are shooting other children. People seem to shoot at people for no reason at all. And in the introduction, 
you talk about that people honestly don't recognize that they're really doing something that's bad or wrong because they don't understand themselves. Am I am I saying that correctly? Yes, you're exactly right. People don't know how, you know, Al Capone probably thought he was a good guy. He got you know, soup to the poor. You know, Titley used to like dogs. He used to pat his dog all the time. You know, but, you know I, don't, I don't see the, don't see their evil. But uh, and that's it. Now you're quite right there. That's what it is. The only way, yeah, oh, the only way you get insight is you must pray to be given insight. Uh, I think it's Paul the Apostle and one of the famous Greek uh, philosophers, I forget which, says the unreflected life is not worth living unless you lie down at night and run through your mind what you did that day or where you can correct yourself and reflect on your life. Your life's not worth living because you're not making any advances. That's that's my take on the whole subject. Um, People need to do... People need to pray and, 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 and reflect on their life. And how can I improve myself? What have I done wrong? What did I do wrong today? Uh, what mistakes I make is we make mistakes all day. And then just correct them. That's all. How That's long all. did this take you to write? I know that you said that you would write for a while and then you'd stop and then you'd write for a while and then you'd stop. How long altogether did it take you, John? Probably. It was over 12 years, but the last six months when I knew I was going to publish this, I spent six months uh, looking up references on the net as to the Bible and put them in so that you know, I had the latest information. Um, uh, you know, uh, Moses took the Israelites into the desert and they stayed there for 40, day, 40 years. In Australia, we've got a desert that runs across the country. It's about 3,000 miles across, and you can't cross it. You go and try, you die. And these young kids, they're German Olympic athletes, they decided for some stupid reason they're going to drive across the centre of Australia. And they got halfway, got a quarter of the way into it, and their car bogged. So now they're complete. The phones didn't work, and they're completely the bushes, no one around. So they decided they walked back to the nearest town, and it was a it was a twenty four hour walk. They never made it. They just dehydrated and died. And they were Olympic athletes. So to say that all the sick, the halt and the lame were put in the desert for forty years obviously is not correct. It, it means something else. Uh, anyway, so you got you have to pray and be given understanding to understand the mysteries of the Bible. You you've got to work at it. You know, I've spent a lot of time working at it. I've spent a lot of time praying, a lot of time reading. I've read hundreds of books. Uh, it's been a lot of time. I studied psychology, communication, counselling, science, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's a lot of work you know, to produce that book. Yeah, that's all. And you know, so if people don't have the time, they can read it. And, and so I'm saying, well, you should be looking at this, as I just said. Then you should be looking at these things. So uh, that's all. This is a book that, that you have to think about. When you, you sit down and you start to read it, your style is very inviting, and it makes perfect sense as you read along, and you fall right into it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself sitting back and thinking about what you've just read. Is that what you intend for the listeners or the readers? Yeah. yeah. 
in, in law, if you have a legal proposition, you've got to quote authorities, you know. The first thing a judge says, Mr. Jones, do you have any authority for this proposition you're proposing to the court? And if you look through the book, I've tried to put the authorities in the footnote of everything, every thought that I've said, the, the place where the people can go and look and find them, go and read them for themselves. Don't have to take my word for it. Go and look yourself. See what you see what you think. But that's why all the that's why all the footnotes there. Um, I could leave all that out, but then it'd just be people saying, "Well, who's John Wheeler? What's his opinion? Does he know what he's talking about?" But then you can go and look at the footnotes, and they're all you know, saints or Bible quotes or whatever, and they, people can work it out for themselves. There's one chapter called Mm. Working in the Garden. Is that metaphorical or Mm. is that literal? Uh, God God calls this world a garden and he wants us to work there. Personally, I find this a little strange. He wants people to work. He wants people to build his garden, to to promote the place and make money and get things done. Uh, I find that fascinating, but then if you think about it, then that's all people could do, you know. Uh, he wants people to work. He wants people to do their best, to use their skills. You've given all different people all different skills. Uh, and I just find that fascinating. That that's what he's interested in. That's probably a good thing for human beings to, to be able to do these things, and then they can learn along the way. That's all. That's all. Did you have anybody in mind when you were writing the book? I mean, I I know initially you had not planned to publish, but who do you think is the audience? Who should read the book? Who do you have in your head that should read the book? There's two lots. There's people who want to find God, the people who want to become holy. Right? There's a there's a there's all different methods of becoming holy, but that's one there. The Casino method: piety, study, action. You've got to understand that you're the son or daughter of God. A study, you have to read to put on the mind of God, and you have to read a lot of stuff. And in action, you've got to work in the environment. Uh, I become a marriage counselor, so my wife, because we both come from broken homes, and the benefits that I got out of that personally are immeasurable. And there's a whole lot of other things I was, I was involved in. But that's what it's all about. And the other thing is... Uh, I'm going to a, a meeting in a few months. Uh, the Vatican set up this council to bring Australia into the modern age. And they wrote to me and said, you know, have you got any thoughts? And I sent them a copy of the book two years ago, and they haven't got back in touch with me, so I guess they're not too impressed. But because there's a lot of things I say in there, tear up their sacred cows, you know, and they probably don't want that because they, they're 2,000 years nurturing these sacred cows. But I'm going to the meeting. It's going to be on up in Brisbane, which is a capital city. Uh, I'm going to go up there and uh, I'm going to insist that they listen. And then if they don't, they don't. I have nothing more to say to them. But uh, if they keep going on with this nonsense that have been going on with for years, and, and I go through pages and pages of it, the people don't want to listen. People don't want to listen to nonsense. They get this innate thing that tells them that's nonsense. In the same way as I discovered when I was 10, that they just, that the things are allegorical. And unless they understand those things, they can't understand. They just walk away. And the, the churches, I don't know about other churches, but the Catholic Church 
insist on these uh, medieval interpretations, uh, which just make no sense, and they, and they won't change. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's the second reason I wrote the book. I wrote the people who want to be holy. I've told them how to do it, uh, and told them a way of how to do it. There's not a unique way. And the second thing is for the teachers in the church to read the thing and uh, rip me to bits and see what they think. That's all. And to, I tell you a strange thing. I was in New York um, back in the end 80s, and I went to a cathedral there in town. It was a beautiful old church, and it had a restoration uh, project going on. And I'm sitting there at the church, and I said, what do you want me to do, God? And a voice came to me with a sign and said, rebuild my church. So I'm a property developer. <laughs> I've built a lot of buildings. And I thought, oh, I'll go and get some money, and I'll put the money into the cathedral restoration program. I did that for years, trying to go and do deal. And then all of a sudden, the penny dropped. It's not rebuild the church itself, but rebuild the structure of the church, which is now becomes the basis of the book. And that's why that's that's a bit of a revelation to me. I spent a long time trying to do commercial deals to get money to give to the cathedral in New York so they could rebuild their cathedral. And that's not what God was selling me. It's been rebuild the church, you know. People take notice of these things. And uh, so the church can go on instead of going on with the things that don't work. And that's where they're at right now. They don't work. This is a fascinating, provocative book. And I'm sure that our listeners are saying to themselves, where can I find it? So let's tell them. It's on Amazon. When you go to Amazon, here's the title of the book. Prayer is a Journey by John, J-O-H-N, Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. When you go to Amazon and click on the book, it will come up. You'll see the moon rock on the cover. There's a nice excerpt that you can read from the book. You just have to click in the upper right-hand corner where it says, Look Inside. Now, John, it's also available in some other places. Let's tell our listeners where else they can find your book. I can go to Balboa Press. It's available there. And there's also a website, which is prayerisajourney.com. They can they can uh, get the book there. What and else will they find on the website? To be perfectly honest, I've never read the website. I've tried to, <laughs> to get it to come up, and it won't come up. Oh, so, uh, I got it to come up. I got it to come up. Yep. I looked at it. New websites. Yeah, what happens with new websites I've found is sometimes they won't come up initially um, until after a few days, and then they come up. But then I lost the reference. I couldn't find it. I've got wads and wads of communications about the book, and I've been searching for, for yonks, and I just got it. The, just found it the other day. So I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to read it after speaking to you. I'm going to go and have a look at it. But it's got it's got the it's got the moon rock there, which is which you like is is uh, the rock that was on discovered on the moon, which had lain in the one place for four and a half billion years. Where did and you then, get that photograph? 
Well, I got I got the photograph. I've got a photograph in the, my computer, which I'd got from NASA files. And then Balboa said to me, that's copyright. And they went and found another one, which wasn't copyright. So the one they've got there is not copyright. But the one I was going to use is copyright by NASA. So I probably could have gotten the strike. But it's only just a moon rock. It's a moon. It's just, just a question of a rock. You go and get one down the beach and put it there and say, <laughs> this, is, this, was in the, this has come from the moon. But that's what it's only it's only to bring people's attention to the fact four and a half billion years is a long time. And then four and a half times four and a half billion years is a long time. And then infinity is frightening. But you know, if you want to take the risk on infinity, you know, you're more braver than me, I'll tell you. Uh, uh, well, I've looked at your I'm website and I think it's it's really nice that you'll like it. There's a a little author uh, page on the website. There's you can get the book on the website. There is information. There there are all kinds of things there. So people should go and check it out because it's very well done. I'm sorry you haven't been able to get it come up, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that yeah. I went. We'll do it now. Now, John, we'll do it now. I always like our our time is almost up, and I always like for an author to have a last words about their work because it's your work what when our listeners become readers and they pick up a copy a prayer is a journey and they sit down now this is not a book in my mind that i'm going to just sit down and read cover to cover this is a book in my Mm -hmm. mind that i'm going to sit down and i'm going to start to read it will pull me in and all of a sudden, I will sit back and I will start to digest and think about what you wrote. What do you want me, as a reader, to take away from the book? What's your bottom line for me as a reader? The important thing, Suzanne, is that it is God's will that you be holy. It's in the Bible, that exact statement there. It's God's will that you be holy. To be holy... There's all that my methods there are how to be holy. And it's not just you just uh, go and have a cup of coffee and say, I'm, today I'm going to be holy. You have to work at it. You have to pray. You have to study. You have to work in the environment. Uh, and they're all the things. And it's meant to be a thought-provoking book. It's meant for people to read, uh, to study, if you like, and, and, and acquire the knowledge. You know, I've read, I've read many hundreds of books, uh, so it's not just... It's not just this book, but I'm just trying to give people uh, the method of doing it, you know, and if God wants you to be holy, then why the hell would we not be holy, you know? God's got all these benefits for you. You've got so much. This other book I've written, you can't believe, I just, when I'm writing the book, I'm putting it together now. The things that God's done for me are just unbelievable. You couldn't believe. The title of my other book is You Wouldn't Believe It. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what God's done for me. And he'll do the same for you. That's that's what that's what I'm about. I'm a teacher. You know, people should be people should be seeking to go towards God, to become holy, and you will have a life like you wouldn't believe. Uh, that's all. That's why I wrote the book. John, I'm so glad you did, and I'm so glad that you and I had an opportunity to talk. Thank you so very much for being my guest today on Books on Air. Thank you.
It's been such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Susan. Now remember, Bye-bye. you can find Prayer is a Journey by John Wheeler on Amazon and go to his website. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope that you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast because you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.